Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The campaign is entitled At Your Door. It was written by Ellen Eisenville, Mark Morrison, Barbara Manoui, Chris Adams, Scott D. Anielowski, and Herbert Pike. I'm your Game Master, and this is episode 26. Our recap will be given by David Gassaway as his character, Dr. Desmond Flores. So, without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. David? Thank you. It's been a strange and dark season for us in Toronto. There's a serial killer on the loose who may or may not be also a popular televangelist named Baxter Lilly. Whether or not he's the culprit, he's certainly interested in some curious things as he's purchased a apparently a replica of a bizarre Inuit statue from the fakes and frauds exhibit at the museum that he sponsored. A bizarre, unpleasant, crawfish-like monstrosity that he's having delivered to his house of worship, the Citadel of uh, Salvation. Margaret and I have tickets to have dinner with him there tomorrow night, a private affair of $500 a head, maybe a dozen or so people. It's probably more dangerous than spending time in Big Jenny's cave. In the meantime, uh, we've also learned that our uh, former associate criminal mastermind, Dr. Finley, and his chocho wife, Madeline, uh, in association with a group of chochos who run a restaurant called the Black Dragon, are involved with human trafficking and we know not what else. Uh, we now know where Madeline and Richard Finley live, although what we can do with that knowledge is not yet clear. Uh, in a couple of hours, the statue is planned to be delivered from the museum to the Reverend, and uh, that's our weekend. We have to plan. So we were thinking about how to hijack a giant, supposedly fake Inuit statue between a reputable museum and a wealthy church. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we don't want the statue. I'm just more wondering if there's a way that uh, Dr. Liege could just blow it up. <laughs> yeah, take care of it in a rather uh, drastic fashion. I don't know. Do you think the church has gas leaks? Hmm. Trucks do. <laughs> Hopefully not. That could be quite destructive. We could probably figure out fairly readily the most direct route a large truck would need to take from the museum to the Citadel. I mean, there can't be that many major arteries. No, that would be fairly easy to figure out. Probably one of two different routes. Right. Hmm. One issue with blowing up the statue is if uh, the serum was somehow secreted in it. Which... Yeah, that is, we only know that there was at least a little bit of mother's milk. Yeah, create more of those things that attacked um, attacked my, uh, my intern. What were they? Yeah, what were they called? Did we get a name uh, for them? I don't know, but that could be like releasing a zombie apocalypse on the world. Yeah, who knows what uh, some airborne mother's melt. I mean, it was heated up and it caused that grotesque neurological intrusion. 
And if I'm to understand correctly, they'd be a little bit more lively than in that old black and white movie. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I think we're running a dangerous game here. We know where it's going to be. If the uh, new newlyweds can figure out where it's going to be held in the Citadel, maybe we could take it from there. Possibly. We don't need any more. I don't. I don't know how we're going to figure that out. I mean, we're going to get it. There's a complimentary tour of the building with our um, esteemed dinner with the Reverend, and then there's a the dinner uh, with him. But if we don't see it on the tour, I'm. I don't intend to bring it up there. The question to me is, is you know, once it's in the Citadel, I think it's called that for a reason. Security there is tight. On the public streets between the museum and that location, it's vulnerable if we think that it's going to be used in some dangerous ritual. Again, everyone assures us that it's a phony. But yeah, they paid a lot for it. They, I mean, they paid a lot for it. They sponsored it. And they uh, put that stuff by it, that that mother's milk by it. I just see by scientific terms, it is a phony because they can't explain what we've seen. They don't have any knowledge of what we've experienced or seen. So to them, it's just a fraud. But we know better now. Six months ago, any one of us would have called it a fraud also. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, so we gonna try and grab it. What what's our end game with it? Like, what are we gonna do with it? If well, we, just if, not let them have it. I mean, you know, I mean, I think the destruction of it seems like a promising end in its own right. Can't complete the ritual without the special altar. No ritual if no altar, I mean, it's wishful thinking. We have no idea what the thing's supposed to do. But it's also correct. If that, if the bit of test tube we saw was just a bit of an accident while they stuffed 80 quarts of mother's milk into the base that it's in, and we make that airborne in Toronto, we are unleashing uh, something catastrophic, something unthinkable. See, in that situation, I think the reward will outweigh, I mean, the risk out, outweighs the reward. What are we, I mean, so if they have, if, if this statue truly does have, you know, a stash of the milk in it, and they're taking it uh, to this church, I mean, what are they going to do with it there? You know, what if they perform some horrific ritual and broadcast it live to thousands of people? What is that going to do? You know, I doubt, that... doubt it will be broadcast. But, you know, if our, if our dear tentacled friend, again, bursts out of, the, out of the building and stomps away before disappearing, we'll know what happened. The... The main problem I'm having is there's too many ifs. Exactly. There's, there's too many ifs. We have 
we have some connections, yes, but we don't we don't quite see what's what the bigger picture is. Yeah, I this whole this should... whole ripper this whole ripper caper could still be at least somewhat um, separated from the biotech incident. Yeah. Now, uh, is the Citadel, it's outside of the Toronto proper? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, but it doesn't get, it doesn't get like, uh, it's still in build-up areas the entire route it would take. Yeah, you have to kind of travel along the, um, uh, it's a major, major thoroughfare getting there. So it's okay. not like it's going to have to go on little back roads or anything. Right, okay. Hmm. I'm still up for running and off the road. I, I mean, if that's our only option, you just have to remember the driver of the truck is an innocent. Yeah. Oh, not, yeah. Like, if it was his personal driver, I would say it doesn't matter, but. It's just the guy making money to feed his kids, so we gotta we gotta take that into consideration. Or um, we could get in front of him, slam on the brakes. He kind of hits the back of our back of our vehicle. He stops, and we can get in while we're doing whatever the insurance trade. Someone can try and get in the back or something. You know, keeping keeping distracted. That way, we're not running him off the road. Absolutely thought about that, but it is an eighteen wheeler. It is. It, truck. it is. I mean, you know, that's why I'd want to do it, you know, when he's I would hope your health insurance is current. Oh, the, the university takes care of me. Plus, we're in Canada. You know. <laughs> Just, uh... Did you guys see the thing crated up at the museum? It was, yeah. How big was that crate, would you say? Maybe... A 10-foot cube? No, like five foot by five foot. Because it didn't have the base. The base was separate museum property. Yeah, it wouldn't necessarily be in an 18-wheeler. No, that yeah. sounds like a go in a smaller flatbed or something. In a, in a oh, van. Okay. Ideally, van. yeah. I thought when we were talking about the red line that it was a big transport truck. They, they have big trucks, yeah. For misunderstanding. Okay. So then that it might be feasible then. Especially if you have two cars working in conjunction, one car could push the other car in front of it and both of them can kind of slow down. So he'll have to veer off. Mm -hmm. Does the, do we know enough about the red line? Are they likely to uh, carry some of Lully's private security with them for the pickup? Yeah. You know, it's I, one thing if this is delivery, it's another thing if it's more like a, Armored car. Armored car situation. Depending on how much that thing went for, it might be delivered with some security. Hmm. Yeah. If only we knew some art handlers here in Toronto. Yeah. Hmm. You know, the other question is, do we want it to be delivered? Uh, because... You know, it's it's my 
on the holy suspicion that when Margaret and I and the fellow guests take the special elevator up to the top floor tomorrow, it's going to be for an unusual ceremony. And we won't know what that ceremony is if it is prevented from happening because the artifact is derailed. Yeah. Although I think, you know, they're going to be pretty scrupulous about patting us down. So all Margaret and I will build a count on as our endurance. Yeah. All right. Well, we should, I think we should at least scope it out, uh, them loading it up. That will take away some of the variables. We'll know, okay, hey, you know, it is just a couple college kids or, you know, some people loading it up or, ooh, those guys got AKs or whatever. Why don't you guys do a, a spot hidden? This is a belated spot hidden, so to speak. Nope. See who got the best roll. Is this everyone or just people who are at the museum? Who, who anybody who had been to the museum, I guess. Uh, well, Heather and I saw it in the in the crate. In the crate. And both of you failed? Mm-hmm. Okay. Not an epic fail, but a fail. a fail nonetheless. Yeah. You didn't get a triple zero, which is the that best roll in the game. <laughs> Very best roll you can possibly get. For the most epic game. of epic fails. Yeah. It, it um, is story-wise. <laughs> hey, stuff happens. No, my eyeballs did not fall out from a failed perception roll. Um, all right. Good. Carry on. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well. That was that was if you'd seen something at the museum. Right. Yeah. Didn't. didn't. Okay. All right. All right, so what well, do you guys want to do? You're going to drive over there? All right. I say yes. Uh, yeah, we will see the process happen, and if we are suddenly moved to intervene, we'll be present. All right. So when you drive over to the museum, uh, we'll assume you go around, what, 2.30? Can, can we take two vehicles? Sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, you realize that... Uh, there's there's parking pretty much all the way around the museum, but there's a place where you can park and you can see the loading dock. Perfect. Okay. Um, so, right about 2.45, um, you see the truck pull up. Uh, it's not a large, it's not a huge truck. Looks like a moving van size. Um, but a few moments later, around the corner comes a large white stretch limo. Uh, similar to the one we saw at the restaurant? No. No. no, no. Oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, that's why. Are the, are the windows tinted? Uh, yes. Okay. Isn't that supposed to be missing? That's supposed to be missing. Yeah. With its driver. So either he's here to intervene like we are, or it was never missing, but I'm glad we've got two cars. 
Um, uh, it pulls up next to the uh, next to the loading dock, next to the truck. And uh, Jason, you were going to say something. Okay. I was, but no. Uh, as it pulls up, you see the uh, it parks. The chauffeur hops out of the the driver's seat. Uh, looks like a, a young fellow. Uh, he's wearing a little chauffeur cap. Uh, he's he's in a suit. So I will say it now. Did we have a photo from the newspaper of the the guy who's missing? No. All right. That's that's what I was going. Um, and he opens up the back door, and a rather fat, balding gentleman in a white suit uh, gets out. Uh, you've seen him on television. You're pretty sure that's Pastor Lolly. And uh, can't hear what's being said by anyone, but he definitely goes up and talks to somebody as they're loading the crate onto the truck. And uh, they hand him a clipboard for him to sign something. And you see how that happens. Anybody object to me hopping out here and finding the nearest payphone and calling the police to say that we've got an idea where the missing chauffeur and the white vehicle are? Jack Killian? Yeah. Yeah, uh, go for it. I take the plate number, too. Worst case scenario, it will just detain the guy for yeah. 20 minutes. That might be enough time. And the fact that we're, you know, he might screw up his story is good too. Wait, Canadian, Canadian plates are weird. All right, <laughs> I'm going to call. Yeah. Now, Jack was a former druggie, right? That's what the newspaper article said. Yes, yeah, pulled him out of the gutter. Yeah. Uh, Phone rings, Toronto Police Department. Uh, hello there. Uh, I saw on television there was a missing person case regarding uh, uh, an employee of the uh, Church of Redemption and, and, a, and a stretch, a limo. And I see a stretch limo. Uh, it's, by the, it's by the museum right now. It looks like that guy might not be missing. Um, let me uh, send you to the missing persons department. Thank you. Oh. Uh, sorry about the noise here. It sounds like there's somebody, one of the inmates are yelling in the back. Well, it's a, it's a campus, right? College campus? Yeah. No, this is... Uh, Downtown Toronto. There's maniacs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So after a couple of minutes, you get uh, um, Sergeant Belford in the missing, missing persons department. Uh, yeah, you wanted to report a missing person? Uh, no, Sergeant. I think I found a missing person, at least somebody that the television said was missing. Uh, Jack Killian, who worked for the, uh, the Church of Redemption, uh, and his white stretch limo that belonged to the, the Reverend Pastor, what's his name? It's, it's right out by the museum. And I think that if the guy from TV looks like him, I think the, the Reverend is there too. Or did they not, did they stop being missing? Oh, uh, let me check. Hold on. Um... It takes him a couple minutes to go through his records, and he says, well, uh, uh, Mr. Killian still remains uh, missing. Uh, it's believed that he probably just uh, left or went somewhere. Uh, the uh, limo was recovered. 
Oh, I see. I see. Well, okay. I guess then you already know that, uh, that it's back in their hands. Um, I was hoping, I was hoping the missing person had come, come back. But, uh, anyway, that's where it is now, the, the, the vehicle. Yes, I'm sure that's it. Thanks for your help. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm, uh, I'm going out on a limb making an, an assumption that let's say the driver, he was in the gutter, got cleaned up, found God. Maybe he really, really found God, found that the Reverend was doing something demonic, evil, whatever the case may be, and he had to eliminate him. Well, I don't think it looks pretty for Lully or good for Killian, that's for sure. Unless that's Killian over there. We wouldn't know. Yeah. We'll go down there and send someone, not, not Margaret or Desmond, because, you know, but I'm not going to be meeting him. We go, I go pretend to be a fangirl. Well, you're pretty good at that. Um, which of you which of you went and had your hair changed? Uh, I, I, mine was a while back, though. All right. So all of you except for Dr. Liege? Dr. Liege is like, if they're going to take me upstairs to have a private conversation with somebody again, that's just fine by me. And all I did was a little lightning and tried to grow my mustache out. So I don't, it's not like yeah. crazy. Uh, so what do you guys want to do? You can see that they're getting ready to, they've, they've loaded the uh, object into the truck. Uh, uh, you can see Lully is heading for the, the door of his uh, limo and the driver is opening it for him. And uh, how many people are on the, the moving van, red truck? There's uh, two people in the moving van. Uh, they look like they're uh, employees of the red line. Heather, so there are no armed guards, apparent. No. Heather, if you're going to run up and yeah. uh, get an I'm autograph from the Reverend, ask the driver, and who are you? Yeah. Maybe he'll just say his name. We're going to go up there and kind of, uh, with my glasses on, it's hard, but rub my eyes so they're kind of red and, and bloodshot. Like, uh, and go up there and, of course, have a cigarette. I go, how far away are, where, did we park two of them? Well, you're probably... 30 feet away. Okay, yeah, so reasonable. Yeah, so I'm going to go up there and go, oh my God, are, are you Reverend Lolly? Oh, um, yes. Uh, oh, oh, what a fortuitous meeting. I mean, I've, here I am at my lowest, and here it, here it is, the savior of Toronto. I mean, the savior of the underclass. Oh, wow. And, and is, is this the... The, the boy you took under your care and helped? Um, my child. Uh, <laughs> um, God bless you. Uh, oh, 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 thank you. Uh, no, this here is Mr. Sullivan. Oh, oh, Mr. And unfortunately, Mr. Killian hasn't shown up. We don't know where he went. He probably just moved on. Oh, oh, I, I'm sure. I'm sure. There's no way he would have fallen back after after being touched by you. You know, and he he reaches in and he pulls out some sort of blessing card, and he uh, 
he gives it. Well, God bless you, and you have a wonderful day. Unfortunately, we're in the middle of something right now, so please oh. join us at the uh, at the Citadel on Sunday. Oh, I, I appreciate it, and all, and, and your work with the museum. I, I haven't been there, but I've heard I've heard it's just wonderful, just wonderful. Oh, you should go all. see the exhibit. Oh, yeah. Um, anyways, uh, thank you. Uh, God bless. Oh, God bless to you too, and and to you too, Mr. Sullivan. And and he just smiles and looks at you. Yeah. Um, I got back up and light a cigarette. Doctor Doctor Mills, do a spot hidden and a luck roll. Ah, <sighs> uh, no, ninety five. <laughs> That's on both. Oh, well, that was on the spot hidden. I thought it was combined. Uh, luck was uh, 61, and I do not have that much luck. <laughs> okay. All right. So um, he smiles at you, and he, he is the guy helps him into his car um, and closes the door. So I okay. see walk away. Uh, yeah. And uh, he starts up the limo, and you see the limo start to drive. And the limo waits for a few moments until the truck is ready to follow. Okay. I'm not going to walk back to the car until they're kind of turned around. That way they don't see what car I was headed to. I'm just going to kind of stand there smoking, watching. Okay. All right. So uh, the car starts to pull out slowly as the truck follows, and they're heading for the, the street. What are the rest of you doing? You see Heather just standing there, smoking. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so who's driving with whom? Um, I don't know. I, I'll be driving one of the vehicles, though. I feel like Margaret and I should be in a vehicle that not, does not closely follow this little caravan. Yes, I would agree. So I'll drive our nondescript rental and we'll pick up Heather after, you know, I'm going to sort of wave you guys to follow the truck and we'll get Heather. When you, when you pull by, like, we'll pick up Heather. All right. So it's Liege and myself, right? Liege. Mm -hmm. So we'll um, start to pull out of the parking lot, but not, you know, we're not right on them. We'll give them, you know, it's truck, so. And we still have walkie-talkies, so we can, okay. well, drivey-talkies in this case. <laughs> CB radios. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. Hi. All right. So, yeah, All right. big-ass so, antenna sticking out the window isn't, you know, yeah. So the, <laughs> the white limo goes, it's, it's just ahead of the, the truck, and Dr. Uh, Carlisle and Dr. Leash follow behind it, uh, not too close, but a car's length or so away. And then the others pick up Dr. I Mills. That, I would assume that the truck is pretty easy to follow. Yeah, it's big, big white truck. Both yeah. vehicles, for that matter. Yeah. Uh, Heather, uh, I was, you know, I was at a distance. Would you say that when the Reverend was helped into the vehicle, he needed assistance? Like, he's a big guy. Does he seem healthy or does he seem like just 
exhausted or morbid. No, no I, he didn't. He didn't look sweaty or out of breath. He, you know, still uh, kind of, you know, he didn't look sweaty or out of breath. Is correct. Yeah, yeah. He, Just the chauffeur held the door for him, and yeah. So and that's up his head. That's not Jack. That's uh, a uh, Mr. Sullivan. Nice generic name. Uh, and, and the reverend seems like he could uh, tear off down an alley after me letting a cab driver. Yeah, I mean, oh, you know, yeah, he, he, he seemed to get around fine, and you catch someone by surprise. Yeah. So. Uh. Um, I would like uh, the four of you, not Dr. Mills, to do an idea roll. A 75 20. is a pass. 25. Which is that would be uh, hard. a better pass than my pass. Okay. Um, Dr. Lee's Dr. Flores. Uh, okay. Pass. Uh, I'll say Dr. Ethan, because you had a good ball. Um, it suddenly dawns on you that you had an opportunity to observe something that you completely forgot about. The shadow. Oh, Liege, we had that fat bastard out in the sunlight and didn't look at his shadow. <clears throat> Remember how the shadow that went into the, uh, that killed, you know, it looked like a snake or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we totally let that pass us by. Hmm. I banged the, the not the horn, just the steering wheel. Damn it. We were too worried about the statue to think about what what was going on. Yeah. All right. Uh, And I assume Dr. Flores, Mills, and Evans are following uh, behind the other side. All right. So it's going to take approximately 15 or 20 minutes to get to the Citadel. What would you guys like to do in the process? Um, would do you guys want to peel off and go out and get some uh, binoculars real quick yeah I, I mean yeah, what, we, can, wait. we can follow them yeah I was going to these are think there's a way to get them separated maybe try and get in between in and you are extra cautious at a light that green kind of looks yellow so probably ought to be stopping here Fill them in on that shadow yeah, thing, too. That. Yeah. Um, so with the binoculars, we'll see if we can uh, snag a peek at most likely the fat guy, but the uh, maybe the cab drivers, too. But their shadows, just to see if they look anything like the uh, what we saw in the security footage. Oh, shit. I can't believe I didn't think of that. X. Yep, we need we need more connections here. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. So uh, you guys go ahead. I'll uh, pull up at the next uh, full phone booth. We'll look for an Army Navy shop in the phone book and see if we can get a couple of pairs of decent glasses. 
Okay. So are you both stopping to get binoculars? No, I think that's the rear guard only. I think they're following the... Okay. Yeah, the, the front car is still going. Uh, it doesn't take you very long to find a sporting goods store or something that would have binoculars. Um, Dr. Ethan and Dr. Jonathan, you are still following uh, the car. It's moving onto the highway um, or the freeway to get it uh, to that part of the, the town, to the edge of, the, of Toronto. Um, what do you guys want to do? You do find binoculars. That's not a problem. So I assume that'll put us 15 minutes behind them on our way to the Citadel, more yeah. or less. Yeah. Quick. Margaret, do not use your credit card for the binoculars. Okay, I won't. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right, right. so we're, we're racing along at, but yeah, they're gonna, well, I mean, to load that thing up, that could take a while, so we still got a shot to get there in time. Did you guys happen to see uh, obvious loading docks at the Citadel? Didn't. No, I mean, I think there were some underground entrances. Yeah, they've got the underground parking garage, which, yeah, that could put oh. the kibosh on our whole shadow observation, but. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So at this point, you're driving along Lake Ontario. Um, and the Citadel is a little ways off from there. Um, you, uh, the truck arrives at the Citadel and in fact, the white limo and the truck go down into the parking structure. Should, I mean, what day of the week is it? Friday, Saturday? Friday afternoon. I think it's Saturday. I think tomorrow is Sunday. Yeah, we we I I bought the tickets on a Friday. On Friday, yeah. So we wouldn't really. The only excuse we could have is if we drive in there, is that we're going to go to the bookstore. Hmm. Well, I haven't been seen in there for a while. Let's go for it. Uh, so we keep following it, but not let it drive in, wait a minute or 30 seconds, and then pull in behind it. Okay. Yeah, park. Uh, don't park near them. <laughs> no, but I want to see if they keep yeah. driving, go up a level, down a level. So Heather, it looks like they're going in. Do you want a, a radio and say we're going to drive around outside of the perimeter until we hear something? Yeah, yeah, I'll relay that to him. Let's go. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go into the bookstore. All right. So. Got to buy some books. Uh, Doctor Doctor Carlisle, Doctor Leash, uh, are you going to drive into the parking structure? Correct. Okay. When you drive into the entrance of the parking structure, you can see that directly ahead 
and slightly to the right is a, a reserved spot where the white limo has parked. Um, on the other side of it, farther on, you can see that the, uh, the truck is stopping there and that it looks like there is a freight elevator. And you can also see that next to the white limo, there is a regular elevator, but one with a key locked. Now you're seeing this as you're going by. Is there a security checkpoint or a gate? No, but there are, you know when you drive in that there are three levels of parking going down. When you're on the top level, the Reverend was let in and out of the the limo. Did he get in on the driver's side or the passenger side? He got in on the driver's side. I, I, I'm not going to continue driving. I'm going to pull over into an empty spot that that is in the same line as the limo and just wait and take out something, anything, a newspaper, a map, something from, like if I'm looking at something, I'm going to be like, Jonathan, when he gets out, I'm going to throw the high beams on. Maybe well, we can there's, get... there's not really a parking spot. If you come in, you would have to turn, and he's got his own private spot right ahead of you. So, yeah, uh, probably parallel park to the elevator because right. it's a limo. Right. Well, I'm going to see if I could circle around like if I'm looking for something and try well, and buy some time and a parking spot. Yeah. Right. I want to wait till he gets out of the limo and just throw my high beams on and see if it'll cast that weird big shadow. Maybe we could see it writhing or something. Okay. Yeah, um, it's a shot in the dark, but it's you know well yeah, driving around like this doesn't look suspicious. <laughs> let's, let's do a luck roll. How many how many it's, other cars are in here? Um there's a few. There's okay. people who work here obviously. So it, so we're it, not big there big. aren't three vehicles in the parking lot. No, there's dozens okay. of, of people. If we if we're questioned, you and me both thought, "Oh my god, could that be the reverend? Could that be the reverend? Maybe we'll wait for him and we could get an autograph. Could that be the reverend?" You know what I mean? It's it's not unheard of. He's a minor celebrity up here. Uh, what do we roll on luck? I got a 15. Um, all right. So mm. you have to drive in, and you realize that there's not much room, so you're going to have to kind of drive around a little bit before you can come back as if you were going out the, the exit. Right. Um, and just as you're coming up, uh, you do see the reverend get out of the car and uh, he starts to move towards the back of the limo uh, and he's obviously going to be heading towards the elevator. Um, you said you're going to flash your lights. Just put the headlights high beams on so it casts a shadow up against the wall. All right. So as he's moving... Uh, you hit your high beams. And when you do, it in fact puts his, his uh, shadow right against the white wall next to the elevator. 
and there's definitely something wrong with it. It looks, it doesn't match his shape at all. Uh, he's fat. It should be a fairly round thing, but the shadow of his face on the wall is elongated, almost like, like the head of a snake. And mm -hmm. you can't see the, the ground because the limo's in the way. But there's definitely, it's definitely wrong. Um, he doesn't even turn towards you. He just walks over to the elevator and puts a key in the button. You see the elevator open up and, uh, and he steps inside. And by the time he turns around to look at you, you've already moved right, right. past. All right, so that's a positive on the shadow creepiness. Rod, uh, did, did uh, what about the chauffeur? Anything there? Uh, chauffeur just seemed normal. It seems normal. Sort of we looked, didn't see anything. Sort of looked a little annoyed at you when you flashed your lights, um, just because it kind of blinded him for a second. But he didn't. so I wonder if this is even Lully, or if this is like the security guard who uh, didn't seem to be in command of himself after all. Um, is the is the chauffeur still there? Uh, chauffeur trying. chauffeur has locked up the car. And he's heading towards some utility door. Okay, if he's still within shouting distance, I'll unroll the window and say, sorry, it's a rental. And he just sort of... <laughs> Regretted teeth. <laughs> Oops, I'm sorry about that. All right, so... Send all of your hate mail, too. <laughs> all right. So you step out. Going to get out of that garage, or are you going to keep an eye on things? Well, I was going to say, where did the way out? So where did the truck go to? Truck is sitting there. They're unloading it. Into they the, are unloading it. Uh huh. Okay. Into the uh, freight elevator. Freight elevator. Right. Man, we need a SWAT team. <laughs> they don't call it the Citadel for nothing. Oh well. All right. Are there cameras so, in the? Security cameras in the um, parking garage. You don't. You don't see any security cameras. What about outside? No. Well, that's nice. Although it's worth noting, when a building is mostly glass, it's pretty easy to hide cameras. Yeah, that's true. Makes it feel welcoming, though, if you can't see the cameras. Well, with the cutting-edge 1991 technology, it would be a fairly large, closed-circuit TV. With yeah, a bright red flashing light on it, yeah. And it would be probably a foot and a half to two foot long and half a foot to a foot wide, so. Mm. Yeah, you don't see anything. Okay. All right, so then I'll just do a K-turn and go back out the... Uh, the entrance to the exit, whatever. All right. So you drive back out in the parking lot and, and out the road, and you can see uh, 
you can see the other car circling around the perimeter road. Uh, the Leeds radio, though, maybe we should just pull out of here just in case any patrol passes and we don't want the newlyweds to be seen. Mm, with us. Yeah. We'll, well, I, well, we could park. Um, see that corner of the parking lot over there? Okay. We park there. We'll have a pretty good vantage point, and then I can get out, sit on the hood, and start uh, sketching the building. Okay. Yeah. You know, the whole yuppie tourist thing. Oh, all right. That makes sense. Right. How and uh, I mean, there's the gift shop. There's people taking tours. Uh, the outer parking lot's pretty big, but there are some cars there so that we're not conspicuous. Correct. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Uh, okay, so uh, once we're pulled up next to each other, let's uh, let's hear about the shadow. I threw the high beams on them, and it cast a shadow right up against the white wall. Within comparison, right next to the driver, driver looked normal. Uh, Reverend Tully had what, for lack of a better word, would be like a snakehead. Or an elongated mm. serpentine. I don't know. Tom, would it have been reminiscent of a dragon type? Like a long more like, um, like a boa constrictor. Okay. Or a cobra. Yeah. So we have not we only a, a televangelist who might be a serial killer, but he's also possessed. Or just really good at shadow puppets. So surprise, shadow puppets. Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> oh, I mean, I know I've been obsessing about this heat, but we've seen a lot of snake things, and you know, my biology degree seems to imply you know snakes right. like heat. You know, it, this probably sounds crazy, but maybe they're doing something to warm it up because. They don't like the cold. I mean, why else? I mean, hmm. But how could they be doing that? I mean, well, I mean, yeah. Is a snake person? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, how could they be doing that? How could there be a snake person? I mean, geez. How could there be a giant mother that gives pink milk that? can create zombies. Exactly, yeah. yeah. They're using some sort of magic or demonic power, which sounds completely absurd coming out of my mouth, but we also are Big Jenny, so. Yeah. Well, I think I think Dr. Carlisle were beyond the qualifier of these things sounding insane. I miss Jenny. Um, Dr. Carlisle, Dr. Leash, do a sanity poll what you saw. Uh, there's not much left. Darn, I thought I got away with it. Hey, that might be a success. Maybe? I oh yeah, the... that is exactly a success. Just I have damage if you... Well, no, I'm, it, only, only if you failed. If you didn't, you were expecting to see something. So, <laughs> I have 28. I rolled a 29. I mean, he's a televangelist there. You know, kind of snake-like to begin with. Um, 
Oh, bullshit. I have 21 now. Sanity? Yes. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, wait. Well, you said you failed by one point, though. Yeah, I... I, You misread it. uh, Yeah, I've been marking it up on the side instead. So I had 22, and now I'm at 21. All right. Uh, So what's your next move? You're now all out in the parking lot chit-chatting. Mm-hmm. Well, Margaret, now you're facing away from the building in case there are some cameras behind the glass walls. Uh, uh, we did get some binoculars. Sounds like we didn't need them yet, but they'll come in handy. So let's keep one pair in each car. Absolutely. Um, I don't know. Uh, except for uh, resting up before tomorrow's dinner with the damned, I don't have anything immediately in mind. I don't yeah. think we're going to break in there and capture that statue. No, but I wouldn't mind watching. Yeah, probably not. It's yeah. nice to verify that Lily is not entirely. Yeah. Is there anything in that book you found about a snake demon or a snake man creature? Despite the worm in the title, uh, nothing that I've run across comes to mind. Do any of you have a cult? Yes, 25%. Go ahead and roll an occult roll. 28. Can I spend a couple luck? Sure. Three three luck I'll spend. I'm down to right. 54 on luck. That qualifies you to roll a Cthulhu Mythos roll. Hmm. I got 17 in it. Let's see. Fifteen. Fifteen. Nice. Yes. You seem to recall from years ago reading about legends of the Midwest in the United States about an entity called Yig, which was worshipped by some Native American tribes and they believed that there was a race of underground dwelling snake people that were here before white before humans got onto this continent. Um, I, I, it seemed like to you that a lot of them, the stories came from that area. Would you say well, Cam? From Kansas. Oh, from Kansas. Um. Guys, I American Indian tales. Vaguely remember some uh, Native American tales of some tribes that worshipped an old snake god named Yig. I I mean I thought it was just fairy tale, but uh, uh, Yig is, is yeah. that name prevalent in the book, Doctor Flores? I. It just popped into my mind now after seeing that shadow. Don't hmm. know if it's a hundred percent relevant or it's a fairy tale, but well, and if that uh, figure is native to this continent, it wouldn't be in Duvermis Mysterious. Uh-oh. Well, I'm just trying to see because if if Duvermis Mysteries has stuff about um, well, um I'm curious why a related um this yig any followers of this yig whatever it is would want it with her milk 
Well, it's, you know, it's a powerful thing in anybody's hands. I don't understand why we met uh, some eater and desecrator of human flesh or a bug from space in Jenny's cave. And sometimes I'm not sure we did. If we didn't all remember the same thing, I'd be sure I dreamt it all. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I can tell you for sure that bug definitely took some of my blood. Well, with what little time we have left, maybe we should try. I don't know where we would, we would begin to research Yig, but uh, know a little bit about what you... Because I know what I saw in that shadow, and that's not an effing human. Hmm. Talking my language. And again, as, as elusive as some of the connections are, you know, we've seen the snake shadow before, and we saw it in a lab where Mother's Milk was being used. So everything is drawing together, even though we can't see the pattern, just the connections. Right. All right. Well, yeah, it seems like it's all related, but what can we do about it? We can't. We obviously can't do anything at the Citadel to mess up your meeting. We could go skate, stake out uh, Finley's home tonight. Dr. Leach, does your uh, sketching of this facility indicate any security errors? Any bits of laps? What do you think, what do you think Tom? Spot hidden? It's well, it's pretty much a big gigantic cube. There's an entrance. Uh, you've seen a couple of security guards um, inside, outside, um, outside, inside. Well, uh, nobody's really walking the perimeter, but you know that once you're inside, there's a couple in there. And, mm -hmm. um, and there isn't a gate around the compound, it's all wide open until you get up right. to the cube. And and quite visible. There's no like the, the back of the building looks pretty much like the front of the building. And there might be some utility doors towards the back or towards the sides, but they're probably locked. Would there be ample fire exits for that many people being Fire code would have to have. I mean, they would be locked from the outside. Well, but... I have to say yes. So mm -hmm. there would be. Now, most. Yeah, you wouldn't. Yeah. It's a modern building. It wouldn't. The plans wouldn't get okayed without. You know. Right. Now, I'm assuming they would be 100% locked from the outside, but if during your tour. Unless they're they're alarmed, they might set off a fire alarm once pushed. I'm just thinking of a way to maybe let us have access once you're inside. Well, the other thing is that our dinner is after the service on Sunday, mm -hmm. uh, and we can all attend the service. I wouldn't recommend that we sat together, but we can start to explore our possibilities in that way. And if the emergency exits are alarmed, they'll say so. And yeah, once we're in, maybe we could just kind of get lost inside the building somewhere. I was thinking I was at night for some reason. Now, has 
Has the services on TV, have they been like the uh, Pentecostal t- services where they get up and dance and speak in tongues and all well, that? It's more like the all, it's more like going to a show and the okay. Well, right. he gets up there and uh, and preaches for a while, and then maybe they play some music, and and then you know it's more an entertainment than it is. Yeah. No, no Kentucky snake handling. Or maybe anything. people are in the audience, you know, with their hands like this. Right. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Snake handling would be funny. It would be. Do people is is Lily the kind of practitioner where people are called up on stage so they can touch them and heal them? Um, or is it a little less handsy than that? I think it's less handsy than that. Damn, it's more than preaching. Well, that's that's actually a good thing because if it was one that they called us up on stage, there'd be microphones under a bunch of the seats to hear what was wrong with each other, so they could call you up and know, oh, I got a thing in my leg, or I got my eyes ain't working right, or you know what yeah. I mean. Mm-hmm. So that that'll play into our benefits. So there's there's no secret ways that they figure that out. It's all God and magic. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if there's a church directory. You mean if all the members of the church be like the phone book? Hmm. Um, There's a question, though, Dr. Liege, related to that. Uh, I assume that Lully's staff have offices inside the Citadel, too. It's eight stories high. Mm Mm-hmm. So there must be some directory of that personnel and there must be a staff area and staff entrances. And, you know, it's in- interesting. Broadcast it's- rooms, storage rooms. Right. Are there, is there, are there antennae on the roof? Do they broadcast directly from the Citadel? Yes. That's gonna, and and uh, what, what are the normal uh, Sunday broadcast hours for his sermon? Um, is it a 10 to 2? Does he have a couple? Does he fill yeah, up the weekdays? Probably like 10 to 1. And uh, what was I going to say? Um, there's a lot involved in this place. So if you're, if you're looking at eight, eight stories, you know that they uh, they do the the television broadcast, so that's got to be the equipment for that's got to be somewhere in there. Uh, they're the whole thing's a gigantic money making operation, so they're they've probably got you know uh, two or three hundred people on telephones constantly, you know, eliciting uh, soliciting uh, stuff. They produce a magazine uh, that's probably somewhere in the building as well. Et cetera, et cetera. There's probably locker rooms, uh, um, commissary, uh, uh, food yeah. for the the people working there. Um, and then somewhere in there is uh, Lully's private area up on the, up the top. Oh, the Sanctum is- Sectorum. Is that where we're taking the special elevator to after dinner? I believe so. Desmond, you got to get me one of the big foam hands with the finger that says Reverend Tully and have him sign it. Well, I think if we get out of there with any hands intact, we'll be very lucky. 
And and Tully is in that church across town. This is Lolly. Oh, Lolly, Lolly. <laughs> yeah, no one likes Tully. That that church sucks. <laughs> yeah, he's handling snakes. Like, what yeah. is he doing? And there's a there, there's a giant golden escalator, right? The Golden Glory stairs. Yeah. About so that's four feet wide. So that's the big that's the big you know, like tourist way in. Right. That's where I think they would have the cameras, so they could see everybody going up and down. Fifty yeah, that seems foot wide like. escalator, painted gold. Does it go? What floor does that enter into? It can't go into the ground floor. It's, it's got to go. Up, it goes up to the first floor. The, the, okay. the second floor. Second floor. I would really like some black dragon right now about that place. It's getting real mm. peckish. And those, those, that weird little appetizer that was like a chicken finger, but green. In fact, you find that you've got an insane, overwhelming urge to know. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, get your roll a constitution check. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you doing this? Yeah. <laughs> Oh. All right. <laughs> I was one of their drinks. It was awesome. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's your next move? Uh, you eventually see the truck come out of the underground parking and drive off. All right. Okay. Well, my particular skill set is. Uh, well, I could swab the place. And we could conduct a swabathon. Mm -hmm. Not sure what else I could do aside from uh, well, there's always the chance of unfortunate gas leaks. But yeah, well, I think we should head out of here. We shouldn't be hanging around here any longer. Get yeah, seen. let's definitely take off. Maybe grab a bite here. Where could we? It would it even be possible to do some research on Yig? I don't know where we could begin. But if the two of you are going into the den of the snake, I think it's best to know anything we could know about him or her or whatever this snake god is. Margaret, maybe we can find an occult store where they sell mongoose amulets. That I mean, might not, that's not the dumbest idea we've had. <laughs> yeah, look, in your, look in your book and see if there's a... Um, a summon mongoose spell? Yeah, an ancient mongoose deity. Mm -hmm. I think it's called Mon God. Yeah. Well, there's probably like an occult bookstore or something in a big city like this. There's almost always or just, some. Or just go to the library. Yeah. So. I have nothing more pressing in mind. Uh, I'm just you know, trying to appreciate these last 24 hours I have on Earth. I, uh, the limo is sitting there. Nobody's around. Maybe, uh, just maybe there's something left inside. Yeah, we didn't see any, we didn't see any cameras in there. Well, I didn't, did you? No, not at all. Well, steal it? No, but, uh, Maybe we could, at 
the very least shine the light in and maybe see if there's anything left inside. Maybe the, the he's uh, pompous enough to not even lock it because it's literally in the house of God and God will protect it. Maybe the doors are open. I have a hard time believing he, uh, well, I, that's a digression. That's, I didn't say what, God. Yeah, mm, fair. Yeah, well, of course, that brings up other concerns. Let's go for it. Yeah, maybe there is there is something protecting it. Yeah. That could be. If we hear a rattle, run for the hills. Yeah, good song. Uh, once again, yeah. would suggest Margaret and uh, Desmond to wait in the car or even, uh, eh, no, wait in the car, but it will radio you. you we, if something happens or we do get stopped by security, just get in your car and drive to uh, the closest Tim Hortons because you don't want to compromise. Mm -hmm. You need to get in there, whatever happens. Right. Us. And so we might, we might, yeah, just go get a bear claw, you know. Mm hmm. All right. Wait for you guys. I'll keep an eye on the exit to the parking garage with these binoculars in case a swarm of snakes pours out. I don't know if it would be a swarm. It might just be one big one, but I don't know yeah. what's worse. Either way, if it's like five medium ones. Uh, all right. So who's going to go take a look? All right. So Heather... Uh, Dr. Leash and Dr. Carlisle. Um, I'm going to assume that you drive into the first level and mm -hmm. you park your car and uh, you can see that there's the, the car is just parked there. There's nobody there. Yeah. What's the lighting like? Is it just sparse fluorescent? It's yeah, it's uh, it's fluorescent lights here and there. Okay. Right. And I, it's not low light, but it's Right, it's you, you. It's well enough that you can see. There's a light over the. Uh, it's because the the elevators are over there. You see that there's a light right near the the, the limo. Should we? I'll grab a flashlight just in case we need to shine it into the. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. tinted windows. I'm gonna look both ways. I see anyone. You don't see anybody. All right. Mm -hmm. Let's just let's just go and do this quick. If anybody security comes out, we were just hoping to get an autograph. We right. we thought he might have been in there. All right. All right. So um, you move nonchalantly in that direction and um, choose one of you guys to do a luck roll. Which who wants to do the luck roll? Uh, go for it. I've been getting a, some good rolls. I think my luck ran out. Mm -hmm. That's that's a success. Okay. So nobody comes out. And you walk right up to it. Now, as you walk up to it, uh, you can see that it's got uh, it's it's freshly been cleaned and polished on the outside. Um uh the windows are uh tented. Uh, however, if you put your flashlight up against them, uh, you can shine some light on the inside. Um, the inside is mostly black leather, but the seats themselves are not. They're kind of a tawny color. 
Wait, black leather on the floor of the limo? No, on the okay. on the seats. Okay. Okay. Um do a spot hidden. All of us? Whoever's got the flashlight is looking through the window. That's actually a success. So as you're looking, uh, you don't see anything. I mean, you don't see any uh, much in there. It's it's a big limo. There's definitely, you can see that there's a, a little TV. Um, there's probably a bar, uh, which probably shouldn't be in the reference limo, but there probably is one. It was built. Um, you think you can see what looks like some stains on the back seat that are darker than the seat like like maybe it was cleaned up but could be something was spilled on the seat or maybe it was blood hmm. so obviously the bar didn't have soda um other than that, you don't really see anything unusual. Um, I'm going to try the handle. Uh, door's locked. All of and, them? Uh, yeah, they're all locked. And uh, does anybody have like mechanical repair or anything like that? I have 25% no. mechanical repair. Why don't you do, a, do that roll? Ten. Okay, mm. you're you're ninety nine percent sure that it's all bulletproof glass. Oh, I really don't. I, mm. Darn! So I, think, I can't I think smash it in with my flashlight. Yeah, I think it's bulletproof. Mm. It's pretty penny for this fact, uh, vehicle. You're, you're pretty sure that it's armored too on the inside of the door. Get down! I start tapping on it. Like, holy shit! Yeah. I think this whole thing is bulletproof. Hmm. If it's that souped up, we better be careful for alarms. Yeah. The only good thing about that is the armor plating of bulletproof glass will slow it down. Top speed is yeah. greatly reduced. You guys want the a limo? Got the brake lines? <laughs> I think we're pushing it as it is right, right yeah. now. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the elevators. There's the VIP elevator. Right. And that's key activated? That, that's key activated. And then there's the freight service elevator. That also looks like it's got a key involved. Okay. And there isn't like a public one just up to the... Not there, no. Okay. And then there's, uh, there's a utility door going into the building um, that does not have a key. But you're pretty sure since the chauffeur went in that door, he might be right there. <laughs> Okay. All right. Yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's move. Get, yeah, let's get out of here. Don't push your luck. All right. So get back in your car. You drive off. Um, so where are you guys all meeting up now? At the... Um, Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons, yeah. What's the Tom? You know, uh, Heather, you bringing up the weather... And snakes. If we ever run into Lully, we might want a can of, I don't know, 
cooling spray or computer duster. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking computer duster because, you know, turn those cans upside down. They freeze pretty good. Yeah. Those were invented in the 70s, by the way. <laughs> it couldn't hurt to have a couple of them in the, in the car, each car. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I like maybe that. I'll, maybe I'll think about working on a different kind of gas explosion. I, but yeah, as, as a non-lethal but very distracting thing, we can buy pretty easily. I, as particularly against the cold-blooded, I think it's not bad. Not going to be something that Dr. Evans and I can get through security tomorrow, sadly. But perhaps if you get a large weather satellite right over the Citadel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, did it's, uh, it's your emotional support computer duster? Did uh, did Carla Wheelwright when we got the tickets? Did she explain at all what happens between the end of the service and dinner? Because it seems like kind of a long. I mean, there's a tour, I guess, but right now I'm looking at a five-hour gap between one and six. Yeah, she probably told you where where you would meet, and then uh, you'd be taken on the tour. So there's, so there's maybe a big gap between the service when people disperse and then when those of us who have fancy tickets yeah. get there. Yeah. Probably at least an hour. All right. All right. So it's now late afternoon, early evening on Saturday. You guys expressed that you were hungry, but you went to Tim Hortons and had some, some food. Uh, is there anything that you would like to do? Hmm. We have Can we hassle the families in some useful way? Well, I, yeah, I was thinking uh, maybe we stake them out. We could at least watch the house, see what happens. Yeah, we have fancy new binoculars. Okay. The eye relief on these are nice. Do a, do a luck roll. No. These days. <laughs> well, just, a, just a fail. Uh, Dr. Desmond, you notice as you're driving that there is a little side road that probably heads up to another couple of houses uh, that's across the street from the Fenleys. And you surmise that if you follow it up a little bit, you might come up on the same level as the Finley house and be able to look. Right, because they had they, their house was on a hill behind a wall and kind of hidden. But if we could get a little rise on them. Right. Uh, should be able sounds to. worth doing with binoculars, no less. And it's rich enough and high enough up that there's probably very little folks around to notice us. Right. All right, so you go up there, and as the sun is still you know it's this summer so the sun is still up uh but you can see uh that their house their house is a fairly modern looking piece it's got some sort of italian uh 
elements to it that you know are columns in the front but for the most part the bottom level is pretty modern looking the top level is almost all glass um it's very modern and there is a large swimming pool in the back and as you're looking you can see that there are maybe two guards one near the front of the house and one near the side and you're pretty sure mrs finley is sitting out by the pool on a a lounge thing uh, you can see the brightly colored uh, bathing suit that she's wearing but it looks like she's sitting there under a, a, a an umbrella sipping on some sort of tropical looking drink uh, and she, it looks also like she's got something in her hands a book or a a, a bunch of papers that she's looking at casually, smoking a cigarette. And there's okay. guards? Are there, is there stature common in North America? Yeah, or totally so. They look like white, white gentlemen uh, that, that have some muscle to them. Is it the sort of black tie Secret Service look, or is it SWAT team looking, or security? It's a little, it's a little, more, it's a little more casual than the, you know, the, they're in suits, but they're not uh, matching suits or anything like that. Hmm. So that's pretty uh, that's pretty suspiciously high security for somebody reading by the pool uh, who doesn't have anything to worry about. Uh, and there, of course, is no sign of a good husband. No, you don't see him anywhere. Well, they might end up up security since uh, our encounter at the uh, at the Black Dragon one. If that was their final confirmation that we were actually up here, you also notice one other thing: there is only the one car that you saw yesterday. Mm -hmm. Okay, I tell you, my spidey says tells me that she uh, she served Richard at a barbecue back here to some of her JoJo friends. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that dude's dead. Such a liability at this point. Especially since she can, or somebody can, use the snake venom shadow cream to infiltrate anything they want. Yeah, we still don't have a super solid connection between the Black Dragon and... Uh, our dear snaky instances. Though, though there is a slight connection with the, uh, the slasher and the black dragon. Yeah. Okay. Could it just be two different cults fighting for the milk? Maybe. Maybe. Could be, yeah. Yeah, if, if we do find, do find that it's two different cults, I wouldn't be opposed to, uh, well. Encouraging them both. Yeah. Let them take each other out. Help me remember a timeline here. We went to see the facility 
just in time to see everybody dissolve. And just mm -hmm. after the security guard had killed everyone and stolen the last substantial supply of mother's milk we know about. Mm -hmm. Right. Was that before we found the broken test tube at the idol at the museum or after? Before. No, it was before. Before. So that could have been one of the samples that was taken. And that was taken by a shadow figure who was killed apparently by the, the ripper. Yeah. And who's... Although the modus operandi was a little different because he was skinned. Now, are we thinking this is all lolly or is it multiple snake creatures? Hmm. My my concern is that the is that lolly is not lolly. The right. snake creature is possessing him. Well, maybe you possess the other fellow. Right. So maybe so one of them was skinned, but the rest weren't. And only the person who was skinned had the cobra venom. So maybe this creature, whatever it is, is feeding like it needs to eat. And then when it switches hosts, it sheds its skin like a snake. Hmm. See, I was thinking it used the skin to disguise himself as the person, but I, it makes more, I don't know, I think it makes more sense what you just said. Well, I think I think it's the same. I mean, is there a difference? I mean, no, it skins right. somebody to take control of them, or it sheds the skin. It skins them after it's done, before or after. I think that's the difference. Yeah, I will say, if Reverend Lily sheds his skin, uh, somebody could make like a, a tent out of that. <laughs> I'm just glad we're done eating. Yeah. All right. Huh. How far away are we from the Finley house? About 200 feet. Okay. But you'd have to go down the hill, cross the street, and up the hill. Right. So with the binoculars, could I try and make out what she's reading? Get a general sense of what, what it is? Um, do a spot hidden. All you can tell is that uh, it looks like a um, just text on paper. Um, uh, there might be some like uh, penciled in drawings. Very so simple. It's more like my copy of Duvernus Mysterious than it is like a, a novel by Stephen King. Right. It might even be a printout. It doesn't look like it's bound. Mm -hmm. How many papers is it? Is it a thick stack? Uh, I'd say maybe, maybe you know, like that. Okay. Desmond, what was that new? Was it New World Industries that printed out that? Yeah. 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 New World so Industries is secretly distributing these texts. There we go. Those two are in the know. Um, Dr. Jonathan Leach, do uh. To another spot hidden. Hey, we keep rolling these. I might make one. Yeah. <laughs> that. Okay. I need to be snarky with my dice all the time. Um, it. As she's fiddling with it, um, she doesn't seem to be concentrating on like reading 
you'll see her read for a minute and then uh, grab a few of the pages and flip back like this and rearrange and read some more and flip and make notes. She's got a pen and then she's rearranging again. And it doesn't look like the thing is bound. It looks like loose things. And it doesn't look like she's reading it with concentration. It looks like she's editing or hmm. something like that. Hmm. You, do you point this out? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, she's but, either got a loose leaf uh, choose your own adventure novel or she's editing something. Well, so I mean, if so, Dr. Finley worked for a company that was owned by New World Industries and he was married to her. Maybe they've been having her go through and either translate or edit their collection of texts. Yeah. You can also Possibly. see that uh, I, I told you before she's a small woman. Yeah. Um, her skin is like she's been exposed to a lot of sunlight. So she's very wrinkled and leathery and she looks like she's got heavy makeup on. The Cho-Cho were mountain people, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That would make sense. Do we know if they mummify their dead? You don't, you don't have any idea. But she looks a little like a mummy. <laughs> yeah. With a lot of makeup on. Ridiculous makeup on. Are the there French have an expression for that? They call them VAP, old girls. Yeah. Oh, love it. She's got a lot of jewelry too. Yeah. But it doesn't look like expensive jewelry. It looks like gaudy sort of stuff. And she's smoking heavily. Also, her hair is blonde, so she probably dyes it. Yeah. She has the two security guards. Are they both poolside? No, one's in the front. And they occasionally, they stand there for a while and then they occasionally go inside and get a drink or something and then come back out. And they're There's very, no any other staff? Nobody's brought her a beverage? Um, it doesn't look like it. Not, not, not for a while. Hmm. I, I, I'll just give that to you because at some point you'll probably see a, a, a woman who looks also like a Chocho, a smaller, younger, uh, come out and bring her a uh, another drink, um, and she's dressed like a maid. Huh. Like this is a, this is this, it, this is a sort of hybrid modern building with Italian elements and glass, and it's in a fancy neighborhood. Are we thinking it's a, like a six-bedroom home, servants' quarters? Like it's that level of. Fancy. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe, yeah, at least six bedrooms. It's a big place. Um, it's got that sort of quality about it where it's it's modern, but whoever designed it didn't really have good taste. It's just a little bit too over the top, garish, and I mean, who really wants all their walls to be glass? Yeah, you know. Uh, Mr. Finley didn't seem like a garish type, Dr. No, Finley. Very serious. 
It looks like if you told him a joke, he wouldn't know what you were doing. Hmm. All right. Well. All right, guys. Let's rush the compound. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, see who's got cobra venom. I think. We... Right, I think. I think the cobra venom is coming from the snake monster. Yeah. Possibly. I just want another connection between these guys and the other guys. Well, I think. Yes, you may be. I mean, if you want another connection, I mean, if we're going with the whole warring cults or whatever theory, I mean, the snake person, or I don't know, whatever it is that's infesting or lowly, went to the Black Dragon. Perhaps to do some reconnaissance or who knows what, but he went there mm. and then killed the cab driver. There is there is another that's a another connection if you're looking for it. Yeah, that's but, true. But why all the killings? Were they ritualistic? Were I they mean it maybe it's just hungry. Hunger? Right. We don't we don't know. I mean fun? As I mean, and this wild adventure bird, I mean, we're all scientists. I mean, I would, it would take a bit more study to to really understand it. Do but. we have any solid connection between Aper and the Chocho? You know, we know that the Chocho were accused of cannibalism, but we have no proof of it. Mm. We know that organs are removed and that they were near the Black Dragon, but that could have been, you know, Yig, is that what you called him? Correct, Yig. You know, that could be the, the Cobra shadow doing reconnaissance and also snacking. Like, I mean, there could be totally two unrelated fields. But then again, yeah. we, you know, it was Finley who made, sorry, Ethan, Finley who made Big Jenny. But also, all of the victims, not all, almost all of the victims had something from that restaurant on them. Whereas might be why it's targeted, but you got to keep it. I mean, some of them also were in proximity to that statue that was just purchased. I mean, one guy was working underneath in the sewers around where the statue was. We're um, missing some link that's probably really obvious, but we're just not seeing it. Well, maybe, maybe they think that the Chocho have more of the milk. Maybe they didn't get it enough. Maybe they wasted it trying to wake up their statue or whatever. Maybe the broken test tube we found in the museum was a small test. And now that the Reverend has purchased the fake statue, and since the snake deity is the one that got away with the mother's milk from the lab, Maybe this is time for the big show. I just hope it doesn't happen before we're there. Uh, I hope it doesn't happen at all. That would be ideal. Yeah. And what should we report to our master and the spy? That's a good question. Well, maybe if we if we let slip or we let drop that um, 
lowly that we know that lowly has the substance. Perhaps that would motivate the Chocho through the mole to act. Maybe they've been trying to figure out who took it too. And if we just let them know hmm. in a pretty standard report like we normally give. We could also expedite that by sending a Western Union telegram to them on, you know, without saying who sent it, saying, hey, uh, if you're looking for the statue and or the milk, it's at the Citadel. Let's go stop by the Black Dragon and leave a note. No, Western Union. They'll, they'll have a man deliver it. At the same time, uh, the connection between Don Biozyme and the facility here that was destroyed was Roth the personal Yeah, the personal connection between Finley and the doctor who gooped on the ceiling. So they didn't need us to point that out. That was all, or did they? Or did we teach them that? Did we teach Fool Wilderness that that connection was there? Huh. Well, and now Glonsandi is in San Damiel. He's, he's just on vacation. I, they said it was on business. And at this point, I mean, there's only one that I know of. There's only one organization that he'd really be there to talk to at this point, which would be Don Bios. Not, not Don Bios, I am a full wilderness. The world is there. Don Bios, I am is gone. New World Industries doesn't have another presence there. Who else would he be possibly meeting with in San Damiel? Maybe he's looking for a job. He met a special lady and he's thinking about moving there. Well, if that's if you're talking about yourself, you don't live in San Damiel, Heather. It's it's closer. It's a nice town. Right there. Lots of earthquakes. It's a little yeah, it's a little hot and shaky for me. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean we wanna get do we wanna get in this house? I I would rather not. You know, at this point I feel like I'm I can't, I just get the greater and greater feeling that, I, that I'm just some pawn. Somebody's, I feel somebody's playing with us. Yeah. The security is for the house. It's not for Mrs. Finley. It, they weren't in the vehicle. It was just her and a chauffeur. Right. Is that correct? So it's not as though if we summoned her away again, they'd leave the house for our attempt. Yeah, probably not. Um, Who the hell has that kind of personal security around their house? People with money. Somebody who's concerned about somebody coming and taking stuff. Yeah. I mean, after after your lab gets kicked in and these nosy investigative types show up again. Yeah. Well, she has right. something to protect. Yeah. I don't disagree with you there. There is something in there that she doesn't want taken, but I just I don't think that we have the means to take it. I like the Western Union idea, actually. I 
I mean, it's cheap. We could try it. If it doesn't work, it's not really out. And if we keep the uh, if we keep the message almost needlessly vague, it doesn't tip our hand at all. I would or like. Much. I would like one of you to do a luck roll. You can choose who gets the luck. Well, on a scale from one to one hundred, I'm feeling about a forty. <laughs> <laughs> On my luck. I spent some last time, but without looking, I'll roll. I rolled an 06. Nice. Mm. Very wow. lucky indeed. Um, as you guys are watching, um, you see the maid come out quickly, uh, and she has in her hand a phone. Um, it's got the cord going back into the house. She <laughs> brings it out to Mrs. Finley and hands it to her. And you hear her, you can't hear her, but you can see she uh, answers the phone and then she becomes somewhat agitated. Um, and uh, then she yells and the closest security guard, the one near the pool, he walks over to where she is and you can tell she's saying something to him. And he immediately goes and she gives the phone back, the phone goes back into the house and uh, you see her get up and she walks into the house. The guard goes down to the, the car and you see him get into the car and drive away. Hmm. Towards the town. Where do you think he's going? I'm gonna run. Gonna... I'm gonna sprint down to the car. I was like, I'm gonna follow him. Okay, uh, somebody should go with her. That's Ethan, Jonathan. Well, your sure. cars are parked up here, so right. Yeah. Sure. Let's go. Um. Go ahead. Oh, I'm gonna stay. I mean, we have both cars. I want to stay here and keep an eye on the house. Um, when, when, uh, Finley moved, did we see any sort of shat, uh, shadow shenanigans? Mrs. Finley? Yeah. No. Okay. Um, so. Didn't she leave her text on her lounge chair? She did. Um, and there's a garage as well as a driveway, but we've only seen one vehicle. There's kind of a carport, not, not so much a garage. Um, so there's no indication there's a second vehicle around. Correct. Okay. Um, there's still the one guard, and he's gone inside the house now. Should we go try and get that text? Is the property fenced? No. No. You know, uh, I'll flip a coin and ring the doorbell if you want to grab the text or vice versa. I'd love to see what she's reading at the at the poolside. All right. But remember, she she might recognize you if she... I don't think she would answer her own door. Yeah. Okay, let's do this. Right, but this, any security personnel that would answer the door is probably trained on our faces. There's we ring the doorbell in the front while we go to the back pool. 
That's okay. why we're, that's mm -hmm. why it takes two. Um, so there's like a couple of houses between, but they're not fenced. They're just nice grounds and little copses of trees and things between them. I'm sorry. There's, um, it's a nice area. They're on a hill. There's nothing right nearby. You'd have to go down the road to another estate. It's an estate. So there's, you can't actually see from one estate into the other. And that's because of gates, fences, walls? Just, just the shape of the thing and trees that are planted and foliage and stuff like that. There's lots of foliage. There is a gate at the driveway entrance, right? There's just a couple but it might be one of those. on either side. There's no gate. You know. Okay, so who? High security. Right. The security is on the inside, after all. Um, if, so, so we have to drive to get close enough to even make a practical effort. Is that what you're suggesting? Or we can, you no. can sort of trot down the hill away from our car and make it, an effort. It would take you all of three minutes to walk to the bottom of the road, cross the street, mm -hmm. and then you'd be at the base of their hill, which you could, you could either go up there, drive, or you could probably work your way through the foliage to, to get up. That would be a lot harder. Right, but if one of us wanted to go to the pool directly via the foliage while the other person drove into the driveway and politely made an inquiry. Yeah. All right. Um, I was feeling so lucky just a few minutes ago, and now I'm not sure how lucky I feel. Well, um, if, if we have, if Carlisle if goes for the documents, he could read the endurance chant on the way down. He's not needed for the, he doesn't have to be a, he right. going to sleep before anything goes down tomorrow. He doesn't have to be fresh tomorrow the way we do. So we could we could go down the hill and then we could ask for our former colleague, Dr. Finley, at the front door while Ethan made a dash for the pool. That's all I got. Are yeah, we going to do that, it? That works well, so, I'm glad you brought your mystical familiar, Margaret. Yes, evil. Um, unfortunately, my mystical familiar is not a mongoose. Maybe later you could play that like a guitar for us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you're going to coordinate this. Um, Ethan, uh, you cross the road and uh, it's a little bit of a climb uh, because it's not exactly made for climbing, but you manage to work your way through the bushes and get to a point where you could probably run out maybe 10 or 15 feet, grab the manuscript and then go back into the bushes. Uh, and you can see that you can't really see that spot from the front door, right? Um, Dr. Evans and Dr. Flores, you pull into the driveway and uh, the, the, the front door is a big double door up there. Uh, the porch itself is a little 
alcovey, so there's a little bit of shade right there. Um, what are you gonna do? You're gonna here. I'll I'll wait in the car, ready to drive. Okay. I think because I think somebody should do that, and I think Dr. Flores is a better idea of what to say depending on how the conversation goes than I do. All right. So, uh, Dr. Flores, get out of the car and you're going up to the front door and you're going to ring the bell, you said? That's right. Okay. Uh, You ring the bell and uh, almost too quickly, uh, the door suddenly opens and you're looking up into the face of the uh, the security guard, and he says, "Can I help you?" I I sure hope so. I've traveled a long way. Uh, I mean, I've come all the way from California. Uh, I was working with Dr. Richard Finley before the explosion, uh, and I I you know a lot's happened, but I think I I might have some important information for him about the work he was doing. But it's been so hard. Hard to find him. You hear, who is that at the door, Jonathan? Uh, Somebody looking for Mr. Finley. Doctor, Dr. Finley, I hope this is the right place. And and she says, well, let let him in. All right. And you step through the door and just like the outside, the inside, the taste of it is kind of over the top. Oh, a little over the top. It's actually kind of minimalist. Everything seems to be painted white. And uh, there's white decorations and things. And coming towards you uh, across the room is an older woman in a bathing suit. Uh, And uh, she looks like this. Whoa. That looks like a sanity check. <laughs> uh, she walks over to where you are and she says, you're a friend of my husband's. Oh, uh, uh, Mrs. Finley. Uh, I can't believe I finally, I finally found uh, y- you and Richard. Oh, please come inside. How do you know my husband? You work with him? Uh, we, uh, we didn't work directly together, but, um, but I was part of the team that, uh, that Full Wilderness sent to, uh, to, uh, try to follow up what seems to be a theft from your husband's lab. Oh, I don't know nothing about that. Um, my husband's not here. Oh, I'm sorry to hear it. I've traveled very far. Uh, is he, he's in town though? No. Do you think I'll be able to speak to him? No, he's he's uh he's in the Bahamas. Oh good heavens. Um uh do you know some way that I can contact him? I'm afraid that this fellow, this fellow um who stole something from his lab in San Daniel might have caused that explosion. Uh and I don't know what if he's you know, if he's still working on those experiments, I don't know if there's a chance that there could be, you know, a further incident uh no um i'm afraid uh there have been some 
complications uh, with my husband's status in the United States. He is, uh, he is not uh, accepting uh, communications. Oh, I see. So you, you think it's possible that he's being blamed for what happened in California? I, I don't know. That's terribly unjust. I, I, I really, uh, do you, does that mean that he's not, um, and I'm like, can I see the pool through the back window? Not really from here. You're kind of in a foyer, but. I, yeah, I'm trying not to look in that direction while I'm counting off seconds in my head. Um, well, uh, it's so nice of you to receive me. Um, if I were to, if I were to, to uh, if I were to send a letter here, when he's next in touch with you, could you possibly relay uh, the, the ideas that I have for him? Yes. I'm yes. terribly concerned. Okay, I didn't bring anything with me because I wasn't sure this was the right place. But now that I have the address, I, I'll send you something. It's, I think it's very important that he knows that they might have been sabotage. Of course. And she's like, uh, she's like, you want you want to leave a note? Um, I, you know, it's complicated. There's some papers involved. Uh, I think I'll just send him a, a whole package and then you can relay it however you're in touch with him when he, when he phones or. Yes, you sit here. Okay. I will give it to him. Okay. Thank, thank you very much. Uh, it's very nice to meet you. I hope, I hope that, uh, I hope that. Have, have you, you, you say you came a long way. Have you eaten? Oh, I've, I've been in town for a little while. Um, I, uh, I yeah. uh, own a restaurant in town. Uh, oh yes, yes, the Black Dragon. Oh, uh, I I was waiting for the Black Dragon in San Daniel to open. Yes, One, that, that should open soon. Oh, uh, that sounds uh, it's it sounds very uh, enticing. We had we had an accident here the other day in uh, Toronto. Uh, oh. Restaurant rest um, the restaurant is being r repaired. But it should be open in a couple of days. Oh. Uh, uh, I am. Uh, uh, I am from uh, uh, Asia. Mm -hmm. uh, I am from a tribe called the Chocho tribe. Uh, I am. Uh, I am uh, working on cuisine from my people. I'm mm. making a cookbook. Uh, is it called to serve man? Uh, <laughs> uh, that sounds very exciting. I love exotic cuisines. Uh, I uh, I was visiting New York City years ago and I had Burmese food and it was very exciting. Is it is it like that? Ah, Burmese food's terrible. I, I'll uh, would you would you like to try some? I can uh, cook for you. Oh, uh, uh, that would be magnificent. Um, uh, my uh, colleague is waiting in the car, however, and, and uh, if we ha can't find uh, Dr. Finley today, we do have other uh, people to talk to. Oh, yeah. But he'll, I, he'll not be here today, no. If, uh, but perhaps uh, when the restaurant is open, uh, I'll, I'll see you there, and you can uh, tell me what the chef's special is. Okay, yes. It's in town, you say, Black Dragon? Yes. San Daniel. Yes. Uh, well, I, uh, your home is magnificent, and I thank you very much. I'll send you something right away. I'll send you know something here for your husband. Yes. Okay. And you see the, the the guy opens the door. Go out. Yeah. Thank you. 
and flee. All right. Not sure. uh, Dr. Carlisle, you have rather easily and successfully grabbed the manuscript. Um, uh, you, what you do, what you go back down the way you came. Correct. All right. So uh, you guys get back in your car and you go back down the hill just as uh, Ethan is stepping out of the, the bushes and he gets into the back seat of your car. Guys, I got it. Here. What? Okay, take a look at it. It's a manuscript for a cookbook. And uh, on, the, <laughs> on the front, uh, there is a mock-up for the, uh, the cover of the cookbook. Uh, looks like this. Appetizing. Delicious. And that's a picture of Mrs. Finn. <laughs> Are they, is she cooking red herring in that pot? Is that? Hmm, that looks delicious. I think she got her recipes from the sun. Do who's looking through the manuscript though? I am to cook red herring. All right. Mm. Uh, Doctor Evans, do a spot hidden roll. I have that's a ninety three. I would really like to push this though, but I don't know how to do like. You want to push it? Um, if you fail, you're gonna accidentally open the window of the car, and the manuscript's gonna. <laughs> you know what? Sure. Yeah, 46 is the pass. So. All right. As you're looking it over, what you notice is that the recipes in the book are doubled. That you'll see something like, uh, now, I don't speak Chinese. I'm going to make something up, but it'll be like Zhao Yang Shuang Shua, like this. But it's in there twice. And sometimes the name of it is is altered a little bit. But the one recipe will be using pork. And the other recipe seems to be referring to a special kind of meat. That after a while, you begin to suspect is human. Oh, my goodness. In fact, there's a sauce that's made out of the brain matter of this special meat. So it looks like she's got recipes for the chocho and then variations for, and there's also occasionally written on the side of the page, do not include in manuscript. So it looks like they've been substituting their cannibalistic meat choices for more run of the mill stuff for the restaurant. I guess maybe taking this wasn't a waste after all. And it's interesting to notice that Finley's fled to the Bahamas if he's alive, because this is not the first entity in this whole story that's been based in the Bahamas. 
it's not all tropical drinks and uh, tax dodges. By the way, Ethan, did you notice what she was drinking? I didn't take time. I went, grabbed the manuscript, and hightailed it back to the vehicle. I'm so glad that I did not die in order for us to steal this cookbook, even if it is cannibalistic. But she was pretty nice. Really scary. I mean, that picture on the cover is actually a little flattering. Well, wow. at least, so, I mean, we've, we've taken their cookbook, which is, yeah, kind of confirm what we already suspected. But we now know that, yeah, that Dr. Finley's gone back to um, World Industries. Yeah. She had one of those rings that's a cigarette holder. I thought that was only in movies. <laughs> the place smelled kind of tasty, though. Well, shall we wait for um, Mills and Liege to come back? Ah, Dr. Mills, Dr. Liege, uh, you follow the driver to the restaurant where he gets out and he goes inside for some reason. Hmm. Mm. We probably shouldn't go in there. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Certainly not me. Ethan, get on the uh, uh, radio and see if they've got anything. I wonder if it'll could reach. Uh, guys, can you read me? Testing. <laughs> Turn the squelch on. You know, try. <laughs> well, if we don't know where they are, I guess we should head toward the hotel and assume that they'll figure out to do the same. Yeah, because I don't yeah. think they expected me to meet us back here. They know what we were doing. All right, so you're going to head back to the hotel, and that's a good what do, you, what do you think, Heather? Should we go back to uh, Finley's place and meet up with him? No, no. <laughs> Remember, Margaret and Heather had that bond that we used the other uh, day when I was in the hair salon. And oh, she was right. at the museum, yeah. so yeah. yeah, we got this. Yeah, but you need the you need the psychic amplification effects of the yeah. air dryer. Well, you know I'm just gonna put the cookbook over my head. Yeah, I'm gonna drive back to the hotel. <laughs> All, right. All right, that's that's where we'll leave it for tonight. That's a good spot. Our players included Morgan Llewellyn, Brian Daly, Keith Craig, Jason Melnichok, and David Gassaway, with yours truly as the keeper of the secrets. We're currently producing up to five shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The costs involved with the show are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar or two a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. And follow us on uh, Twitter at ITD Podcast. This is Tom Rayleigh together with all the members of our gaming club inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming.